every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 33rd episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I'm here again. I'm Mike Falkenstein, by the way, and I'm here again with Ken Watmore. And Ken, we've got a... A great episode. You know, the last couple episodes we've done, we've done some, uh, we're looking kind of internationally, and I always want to go back to, boy, really want to mobilize people towards the Great Commission and mm. help them to understand ways that they can be involved. And in this episode, we're calling it the kind of the question that we're going to try to answer is why Christians don't evangelize. And so, you know, we've done some of this similar type thing before in our podcast. And so we want to continue to hit the, you know, you know, if our, one of our premises is uh, the great commission is a command for all Christians. We look at both kind of, you know, why Christians aren't evangelizing and kind of help them be able to, to do it. It's um, a good topic in it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No question about it. And I think we keep, we do keep coming back to this and in, uh, in a lot of different ways, but always focusing on the same thing, you know, like we're, we, we have this, we have an obligation to go share the gospel mm -hmm. and yet we don't. And why is that? Right. I mean, we just, mm -hmm. we always have to go back to say, why is that? And what can we do differently? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it sure seems to me as we, uh, as we read through scripture that this fulfillment of the great commission and in particular, being prepared in season, as, as the Apostle Paul says, in season and out, out of season to, you know, to share the reason for the hope that you have in Jesus, you know, it's just uh, really key. And so, and so we're going to look at kind of common uh, reasons that we don't see people doing evangelism and uh, hopefully helping people to be able to understand their responsibility and opportunities that they have. And so uh, the first reason that I often see that people don't do evangelism is that just many people, I mean, really, they don't know what evangelism is. And again, we'll get into this, but part of the reason for that is you don't hear a lot of that in churches. You don't see a lot of training, but when talking to other Christians, you know, I often, I often ask them what evangelism is, and it's not uncommon for me to hear answers like, we send a lot of people on missions trips mm -hmm. or we minister to our the homeless downtown. Um, you know, uh, both of those ministries are significant and could contribute to evangelism, but they're not evangelism themselves unless the gospel is being proclaimed. And so maybe right off the bat, we just will go ahead and give a definition of evangelism, which is um, what I would say, the announcement, proclamation, and our preaching of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And so... Mm -hmm. Ken, do you find that too? A lot of people just don't know exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think a, a lot of that is attributed to, um, I think 
well, there, there's uh, there, there are a lot of churches that are kind of in that, I don't want to call it a self-help message, but I do want to call it a, like they're, they're in that help message, you know, like, Hey, don't worry about where you're at now. It's going to get better. Don't, uh, you know, God, God can pull you out of this all true. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we do a lot of, I think a lot of churches do a good job of evangelizing from the pulpit to their congregation. You know, what, why are we here? What is, you know, re remember it's, it's Christ crucified. And yeah, I would agree. We, we do with a good job of that for the most part. And certainly there's churches that don't do that, um, but that's not what we're here for. But we don't talk about the obligation to go and share what you just heard. Hey, I just told you that Christ died for you. He can forgive you of your sins. You can be uh, reconnected with the God who created you, your father in heaven, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. Here we go. Hallelujah. Everybody in the church knows it now, but now you got to go, you have to tell that to someone. I mean, you can't just, you don't hold on to uh, this, <laughs> you know, this most amazing thing you ever heard. You don't mm. hold on to this life-changing news that eternally satisfies your life, right? Uh, mm -hmm. you do, but what, I don't think that we're taught many times to go out and share that. Yeah, that's right. And so I'm going to sort of, we've got this list of things. I'm going to sort of skip ahead a little, Ken, because what you said is, so good. On So the number four on our list, we have some churches have provided no evangelism training. Mm. And I actually think that's, you know, we we would say that it's more than just some, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm still surprised at the number of churches that have no intentional strategic plan to help Christ followers do evangelism. Ideally, of course, believers would just naturally talk about Jesus, right? But sometimes, mm. again, we've talked about this with our Engage 13 material, sure. you know, it's just a lot of times people don't know kind of that first step yeah, to be able to do it. Yeah. And interesting, uh, you know, just in thinking about that, I think about how, you know, when you, most churches, when you want to become a member of a church, you take a membership class to learn the history of the church and what the mission of the church, I mean, a lot of churches would have their mission statement. The mission should always be the same, right? That's but, right. Uh, but I think that maybe that's a great place for anyone who's listening for their churches that uh, maybe suggest that in your membership class, uh, mm -hmm. you start off by saying, hey, to be a member of this church, you need to take this course on evangelizing, not just uh, learning about, you know, your relationship with Christ and your faith and uh how to have a deeper, more committed relationship with Christ, but what do you do with it there? You know, you you need to you need to go out and share. Um, that's what we're all called to do. One one thing we all have in common is that Christ said to all of us that we were supposed to go out and share the good news. Um, and I think that uh, that's an area where, where churches could do that. I, and I'm sure that churches will feel like they can be off the hook a little bit saying that, oh, yeah, we, hey, we've got this great class we're going to offer, you know, next week for anyone who's interested, you know, and uh, and then that's all that's said. That's um, right. How about an emphasis on, you know, hey, we've got this class and, and this is something that God said we all need to do. Uh, yeah, that's so, right. So I really want you all to take this class, right? That's right. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about what you've just said, Ken, but obviously on the list as well, I've got uh, pastors aren't taking the lead in evangelism. And so those two things kind of connect to each other, right? That, you know, what I have here is I can't recall ever seeing a strongly evangelistic church led by a non-evangelistic pastor. Right. Kind of like what we've said about uh, missions that is really hard for a church to have a strong missions program if the pastor himself does not have a deep heart for missions. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the pastor who evangelizes regularly will be, will speak more of his own evangelistic experiences, 
challenge his hurt church with more passion to evangelize and assure his church is providing evangelistic training, right? So there's those two, those two kind of connect to each other. And so for the pastor that has a heart for evangelism, he's going to want to be able to go, yeah, every member here, kind of what you were saying about membership classes, needs to know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And in his sermons, we'll say, boy, we need to go out and be doing this. And he'll speak his own evangelistic experiences as well, right? So mm-hmm. the flip side of that is that if the pastor is not very evangelistic himself, uh, he won't have that passion. And so I guess the encouragement for church leaders who are listening today would just be, yeah, look back at what the purpose, biblical purpose of the church is, which we can go to the Matthew 28 passage that we've looked at before of going and making disciples, baptizing and teaching, but you can't make disciples without converts first, right? right. And that's so right. Uh, we, need the, we need the converts first. And if that's the purpose of the church, then, you know, train your people to know how to share. And boy, I would just think for any modern day evangelistic church that those classes would just be regular. And that's the thing, by the way, that I was so, so impressed with when we interviewed the leaders at Watermark Church in Dallas. I mean, they're just a great example of, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to be a member here, we want you to be in these classes. We want you to know your mission. We want you to know how to handle the Bible correctly. And, um, you know, for that coming from the leadership, that just sort of trickles kind of from the top down, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I definitely think it does. And then and from the top down in the church also, you know, I know you, you're going to mention about kind of that role model, the people that you would point to, to, yes. uh, you know, to say, wow, I, you know, when I, every time I was with this person, they seemed to be sharing Christ with <laughs> that's somebody, right. you know, and I, I know a few right. people in my life uh, who I've seen do that. And, you know, and, and to this day, I, I, I consider them heroes of mm. the faith. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the, that kind of connects to what we were just saying. And one of the things on the list is uh, we have few evangelistic role models. And yeah, I mean, I have a couple of guys in my life that modeled evangelism for me. In both cases, seldom was I with either man without him sharing the gospel with someone. And so, you know, um, when I ask people about that, you know, the many don't, don't have any. And so we go back to what we just said. Boy, wouldn't it be great for church members to at least have the pastor of their church be one of those evangelistic role models, right? And mm-hmm. maybe we would maybe we would even say uh, that should be sort of on the job description of of every pastor, sure. you know, to be that to be that role model. So, so yeah, that's certainly something that. Uh, and can you and I and those that are listening who have a heart for evangelism, we can be that role model. Mm you know, for others yeah, that's right. as well, right? So, well, can we get to kind of what's next on the list? And we've, again, we, we spent, especially as we talked about kind of the episodes about sharing our testimony, we talked about the, the sharing with your neighbors and beginning kind of this, what we were calling the, what we've called the Engage 13 process, and then sharing with your work uh, mates and, um, Again and again, this this theme can begin to you know continue to get be, be, begin to come through. But this idea of fear 
of the unknown halts our efforts. And so, you know, we, you've probably heard these fears expressed, right? As we've been talking to, if you, as you've talked to people about evangelism, uh, he might not listen to me. What if this costs, you know, my friendship? Uh, she might ask me questions I can't answer, right? They might reject what I say. Most of these fears, I believe, are more perceived than real in North American culture, but of course, uh, perception matters, right? And so uh, a lot of times it's this fear of not knowing, you know, what will happen. And I think this is the biggest reason why, you know, people give, the reason that people give that they, that they don't witness. And, you know, while it's true that the person you're witnessing to may ask you a question that you don't know, I often tell people, well, that I don't know that that needs to be a fear because it's just really easy to say, you know, I don't know the answer to that. Let me get the answer to that and uh, come back to you with an answer. And certainly there are even some people who will ask questions that they know are going to trip you up. And, you know, rather than having that be a fear that, that restricts your your commitment to evangelism, I would kind of just turn that on its head and just say, well, it's okay to say, I don't know, isn't it? Yeah, I definitely think it's okay to say, I don't know. And, or that's a great question, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, or, oh, that's an interesting perspective. And there is an answer. Yeah. I just need to go find it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to give you a wrong answer. And you know, I haven't heard that question that way before. So I'd like to find out the right answer. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's right. That's right. Well, Ken, let's take our break, and uh, when we come back, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about that because I've got a few more things to to mention. Because you know, I think that if we really if we really tackle this idea of the uh, the fear that people have, you know, that's good. And you know, I mean, the maybe we could dialogue a little bit more about that. So, thanks for joining us, everyone. Hopefully, um, this is a uh, a good episode. We really want to be an encouragement to you as you uh, as you uh, are mobilized. Towards the Great Commission. Thanks for being with us, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Tom Moeller. There may be many of you who are confused about China and the most effective ways of Christian engagement. Mike Falkenstein has written this book for you. There is much confusion, and many questions persist about China. Does persecution exist? Can Christians in China worship freely? Is it still necessary to smuggle Bibles? Being outside of China, how can I most effectively pray for and engage in God's work in China? Are China's unregistered churches able to worship freely? Many people are confused by these questions and issues. China is like a huge puzzle with many pieces and moving parts. It's hard to identify all that's happening today in China. In his book, The Chinese Puzzle, Mike gives you the other pieces for a much clearer picture of China and her church. To get your copy today, contact Mike at mike at chinaresourcecenter.org for pricing and shipping options. Contact Mike today. Well, Ken, we were talking about before the break, the the fear of the unknown sometimes is what halts our efforts as it relates to evangelism. And we were talking a little bit about questions that we don't know the answers to. And, you know, I think that deserves just another minute or two, because obviously, you know, if the question that, that people are asking is a legitimate one and you don't have an answer for them, 
I would just say, ask them to let you find the answer and get back to them. Yeah. Uh, that's really not a bad thing to do, is it? Not at all. In fact, I would even say, what, what an opportunity for you or me when that happens to grow deeper in my faith and understanding. That's right. You know, I mean, when you hear a question that you haven't heard, and it is a good question, you know, I, I, for me, I'm thinking, wow, I, you know, I, I really haven't heard that before. I got to look that up. Yeah, gotta, that's right. That's right. I mean, I would just say that same thing, that it gives us the chance to study out the answer for yourself in the yeah. Bible. So then you, uh, you learn. Yeah. I mean, it's a growing opportunity for you, right? And then you can, uh, it also gives you a reason to call the person back uh, and say, hey, I did that research and, you know, I, I know more about that. And if you if you need help finding the answer, you can even ask your pastor. And mm. so, you know, if we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, it's going to have the answers that we need. Now, not all of us are Bible scholars, right? In fact, right. most of us are not. <laughs> um, and then it may give you an opportunity, a cool opportunity to, to sort of uh, allow the, your pastor to sort of engage in the process, mm -hmm. be praying for you. You know, I just think there could just be some a number of cool things about that. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, um, so the uh, the next thing we want to talk about is kind of similar to that, which is uh, I don't know how to witness, and this goes into some you know pastors and churches you know providing that training. So I would just say, Ken, in terms of you know if you say you know there's a fear there, and I don't even know how to do it, uh, this may give you an opportunity to go back to your church and request. Yeah, the training. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it. in fact, if you don't know how to do it, uh, the, the, of course, the responsibility is on you. Maybe, the, but there's a shared responsibility too that your church ought to be providing it too. So it might give you an opportunity to, because I do think there are some times where pastors and church leaders are responding to requests that they get from their congregation members, and yeah. so if there's enough people going, yeah, we really want to know about this, uh, maybe that would, you know, give them a kick in the pants too. Right? Yeah, I think so. And I think if you're ever in a place where you get, uh, you know, a question that you'd like to bring to your pastor, I think you, you should always do that. And then it's a, it's the right place. If it's just you, even if it's not a lot of people asking for the same thing, it's the right place to say to the pastor, Hey, you know, I would really, I know I would benefit from some training here. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, can you walk through this with me? Mm -hmm. uh, because I think that that would be, uh, I think a lot of times, probably pastors, when they, especially with larger congregations that do have a lot of different programs going on, they, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to feel like we were, you know, everything's going really well and not, and I don't mean in a pat on the back sort of way. I just mean that, Hey, wow, we've, this program's really starting to excel and this program's starting to excel and this program's doing well and this program's great. And we got huge attendance here and our Bible studies during the week and blah, blah, blah. But you know, that may just they may not even be realizing that, wow, one area we're really missing is probably the most important area. Yeah, you right. Know, um, so all these things are going well, but but they're, like you said, you know, how what's the depth of it? You know, yes. is, it, is it just a big, wide, sprawling program that's doing great things, but it's not getting people deeper into their understanding of how to share their faith? Um, sometimes more people doesn't mean uh, more effect. Right. It just means, just <laughs> means right. more people. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And the, that could be a much larger conversation. But as you were talking, Ken, I, of course, I was thinking about the uh, the difference between uh, an inward focus of a church, which we see a lot of times. We're doing these programs uh, for us. 
Mm. I mean, we've come in, we've, you know, we want to have the coffee bar there for us. We want to do, you know, all these, all these things that community groups for, you know, our own community and whatnot uh, versus sort of, and all of that's good, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, uh, if a church, the purpose of a church is to, hey, we're mobilizing and equipping ourselves. That's good. You mm-hmm. want that stuff. But hopefully, eventually, that goes from an inward focus to an outward focus mm-hmm. that, you know, we're in the midst of a lost and dying world that needs the uh, the good news of Jesus. And this gets to the last two points that we have. One is that we, that many of us don't know many lost people anyway, right? That many church members are so cocooned in their church world, what we were just talking about, that uh, they couldn't list several names of non-believers that they know well. If the whole world revolves around hanging out with Christians, you know, we're not likely to do much evangelism, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, that's true. And, you know, we homeschool uh, our children. So I know that in our world, many of the people in our world are homeschool families and they're mm-hmm. Christian families. For me, you know, one of the ways that we get maybe exposure out in the world is that, you know, I coach youth sports and we're involved mm-hmm. in community recreational leagues and things like that. So we do get a lot of interaction with people that aren't. Christian families. Um, but you know, but it is common in the church or in like area people that are like us that on my family that has homeschool kids, we're surrounded by church people uh, <laughs> right. all the time, everything we do. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that's a real, you know, I would really encourage people to get involved in community activities outside of your church, mm-hmm. get involved in community sports, get involved in your school. If you do go to a public school, get involved um, because just even if your kids are in public school, when you when they go to school and then come home and you're still surrounded by all your church family, your kids aren't necessarily just going to engage with kids at school about their faith in Christ. But if your family is involved in the things that go on at the school, you're going to interact with families that aren't Christians. And that gives you opportunity to share the gospel. And, and I'm not saying go do those things to seek out those opportunities, but it should be a natural byproduct of who you are. But when we get surrounded by church people all the time, then we don't effectively fulfill the obligation, right? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. And uh, yeah, and of course, that was a big part of what we were, what we've been talking about with the the engaged uh, engaged thirteen process, right? right? Is even just in your neighborhood, just begin to develop relationships and ask the story of people that you're around. And, you know, there could be an actual pretty cool dynamic there, right? That if, that as you're doing that and all the things that you mentioned, get involved with your community Mm -hmm. um, and you're having people either coming to your home or getting to know you better, hopefully, I mean, the, the church community that you're around and the Christians that you're around can provide a stark contrast to what they what people are seeing everywhere else in the world right yeah. so the the church community even and the the cocooning is not all is not all bad as long as you're bringing people other people into it that's right and you know especially through this engage 13 process i mean imagine what an easy way to approach the people in your neighborhood when you're doing something 
are going to an event or being a part of something that's in the bigger community mm-hmm. because it's such an easy place to say, oh, hey, you know what? We heard about this thing. The, you know, the farmer's market is this Sunday. Hey, do y'all want to get together? We'll have a picnic. We'll go to the farmer's market and have a neighborhood get together right afterwards yeah, or something. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's different things you can do in your community that helps in that engaged process too mm-hmm. with your direct neighbors. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then we get to kind of the final piece, which is that, you know, I've actually talked to Christians who've said that they don't, they don't really care about non-believers, meaning that they don't even think that they, they need saving. Right. Mm-hmm. And obviously it only takes a cursory, uh, a cursory reading of scripture to go. Yeah. This just, you, 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 you can't not think that people need a personal relationship with Jesus. Right. Right. And, I would say that God and and the people that you're getting to know is, is wanting to, I mean, he's put you in your neighborhood in your workplace in your relationships, you know, for a particular reason, you know, to, 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 to use you. And if you keep that message, the message of Jesus to yourselves, you know, there, you're just missing a lot of the biblical message, right? So no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, we're there's nowhere that you could support in scripture to say hold this in. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know. That's right. So, well Ken, as we conclude this as we conclude this episode, any final thoughts from you about kind of why people aren't evangelizing and what they can do? Well, I think that, you know, uh, yeah, I, I mean the final thoughts are st- and stuff we've talked about uh, you know often enough, right? That I do think that people are afraid and I think that that's naturally part of the dynamic of the what's going on in the world i mean just the the we know that we're in a fallen world uh we know that the influences that are around us in the world mm. are of the devil they're not of the lord that's um, right yet the lord is present and powerful more than anything um and we can see him in in everything if we just sometimes don't pay attention to that you know it's yeah. easy for us to get distracted and clouded by what we see around us in in the world and and with that um those influences make us fear, uh, rejection, uh, not being, you know, not having people friendly towards us, Mm. uh, not feeling like we're adequate or equipped. Part of that, just so we all can recognize is part of the reason we feel that way is because we are sinful people. We, and we, I think that for the people that um, can go back to when you said, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize Mm. that I need a savior. I recognize that I'm apart from God. That same uh, feeling is what it, what you get when you fear sharing the gospel as well. You know, it's like, oh wait, I I'm inadequate. You know, but you have to remember that God has saved you from that. That's uh, right. You're fully adequate because He will. Uh, he, he's already given you all the tools you need to share with somebody. And then we often talk about what do you, how do you start? Well, just share who you are. Yeah, your right. story. You know, start with That's that. Right. Um, and then the 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 depth of the the conversations uh, will increase as you get closer mm. uh, and the questions start rolling in about faith. That's so right. I, I think that, you know, my thoughts would just be that the, the fear is when you, you wonder like, well, why am I so afraid to share the gospel? Well, it's just because we're sinful people and we don't feel adequate enough. That's yeah, all, you know, that's but right. remember God is holy. God has saved you, um, through his son Christ. And with that name alone, you have all the power you need. Mm, amen. Uh, let God's truth be the truth. Mm. Um, and let him do the work. 
um, he's already finished it, right? So, yeah, that's right. Um, so stand firm on that, and that's right. And share who you are. That's great. Well, and I, th- why, you know, I really appreciate what you said when you were talking about, uh, you know, remembering kind of when when Christ, you know, saved you. Mm. I thought what I thought you were going to go to is what we heard from with Chuck Lawless, one of the interviewees that we had, and he was saying that a lot of times in this ish, in this issue, people forget what it was like when they first. Mm-hmm. accepted Jesus. And you've got people all around you that are, you know, just like you were, Yeah, you know, and it only takes that first opportunity. I guess my final thought, Ken, would just be, you know, as I go through this whole list, there's kind of this stream of um, activity that starts at the church, in my mind, mm-hmm. right? That if you have pastors who are evangelistic, well, then they're going to be the role models. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to be doing the training. And really, I think at churches, then it creates kind of this this culture of, hey, as Christians, this is who we are and this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And it really starts at that level, right? And we're, when we come together, we're, we're praying for non-Christians and unbelievers and we're training to prepare ourselves to go out and, you know, I mean, all of that. And then the fears are, are much less real because, you know, I've got my band of brothers and sisters at my church and we're all doing this together and, you know, it encourages people. And I mean, it, it all kind of that whole stream starts at the church. So church leaders, my encouragement to you is have evangelism training, be good examples. And uh, remember that, I mean, that's the whole point of why Jesus established the church through Peter originally, right? To gather people together to, to be salt and light. So, well, Ken, thanks for your participation. Thanks everyone for, for being here. We're so thankful that you, you're with us. We'd love to engage with you more. Of course, I'm at Missions Mike on uh, Twitter. Uh, Ken is at uh, Ken Watmore. And uh, we'd love to, 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 to interact with you, uh, hear uh, uh, good stories that you have on um, kind of the difference that evangelism and evangelism training has made in your own church. Thanks for joining us, and we'll look forward to having you on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast.